0: Hey guys, welcome to The Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve.
1: And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge.
0: Let's get on with the show. What's up guys? Coach Steve here and welcome back to another episode of The Challenge Podcast. In today's episode, I'm joined with the co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are you doing?
1: I'm really well. Thank you, Coach Steve. It's really exciting because it's episode 98 and it's the episode that's in between you being 30
0: yes yes and me
1: turning my next age so um
0: (laughs) your next age
1: (laughs) (laughs) but um so yes how was your 30th birthday
0: uh look it was it was wild uh on -hmm. the actual day uh my boy george didn't want to have his nap and i think i speak for all parents out there who've experienced a a one-year-old who refuses their nap what that day is like so it was a nice day and then it turned into a very dramatic day um but it was an it was a nice weekend uh, i was able to go out to the peninsula hot springs if mm-hmm. you're in melbourne if you're familiar with that area so it was really nice and relaxing swimming around the hot springs um so yeah it was a good it was a good weekend but uh, i definitely feel older, Nick. Cause isn't that what happens as soon as that day ticks over as soon as that decade ticks over into the 30s it's just just instantly changes, right? You're just completely different now. So now I am Coach Steve, 30-year-old in the dirty 30s. and No more 20-year-old Coach Steve. That's it. It's over.
1: You're so wise already, <laughs> so extra wise. Can I just ask, did you do um, sauna and then ice or did you ignore that, the fire and ice at the hot springs?
0: I did do the uh, the the sauna house, both the the dry and the, the wet sauna, mm-hmm. and then there's the plunge pool. Um so that was that was fun. But uh yeah, it, it was it was it was just nice. It was nice just to float. It was actually, actually, Nick, the best part was just spending a few hours without screaming kids. Yeah. That was probably the best part of it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I can imagine. I mean, I don't need to imagine. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yes, I um, for the purpose of this story, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> yes. But look, Nick, talking about challenge world, uh, it's an exciting time of the challenge, like always. Next week we have prep week starting prep week for the february challenge begins and i thought mm. we'll kick off this podcast real quick nick by doing a little bit of a speed run about some uh activities or a, bit of a checklist for people to complete for prep week and what they they should be doing um so so nick do you want to start us off like what are some things that challenges should be doing in in prep week which is starting next week
1: All right. So Prep Week stands for Preparation Week. So you should prepare. How do you prepare for the challenge? Well, it's a really good idea to have a look at your environment, what's around you. And I personally like to do a big cleanup. So a big cleanup of your area, one would be your training area to make sure that you have, if you if you train at home or if you're having any type of equipment at home, make sure that it's all clean, it's working, that your area is all sorted, that you have everything that you think that you might need. Just say that you decide that you'd really like to improve your squats this time. Have you got everything you need for that, that type of situation? Plus also check your environment at home. In terms of your food, you want to take this time maybe to make it a little bit more difficult for yourself to get to those treatos the things that that maybe you you could do without for the 12 weeks just maybe put them somewhere else in the cupboard Um, maybe just establish some habits around your meal prep if you can maybe do some practice prep and people say oh but I don't know the recipes well it's really going to be simple it's basic building blocks so it's some sort of a protein some sort of energy like a a potato something like that a protein is a chicken and um, some sort of a fat so let's just say um, an avocado so you know make something with that maybe not a maybe maybe not a potato (laughs) well you could have a baked potato with with chicken and avocado on it something like that so just practice preparing these little foods but also I think even if you don't prepare anything buy some containers if you haven't done that before it's always nice to have some fresh containers Uh, sort out your phone which sounds really weird but this is a new one for our app so make sure that your phone is nice and clear so uh, you have enough room on your phone to uh, switch in between apps you know get rid of some old photos get rid of clean up your phone get rid of some old apps things like that make room for what you are going to be doing then I don't want to steal it all but just yeah we can go into the goal setting as well Um, your turn
0: yeah, yeah. I think at this stage, we often get lots of questions like, oh, prep week's coming up. What do I do for prep week? And then on the week of prep week, what should I be doing for for, for prep week? And Nick, you nailed it. You know, it's mainly considering our environment, you know, both the immediate environment, you know, what what's your household going to be like? And then, you know, the, the macro environment, like, okay, what's your work environment going to be like? What's the social setting going to be like? What is your training setting going to be like? And thinking about ways to prepare those environments for, uh, your challenge and to foster or facilitate your, your challenge. And that could be having tough conversations with friends and family saying, hey, you know, I want to do this thing. Maybe I won't be able to go to Pot and Palmer night on a Tuesday night or, you know, catch up or, uh, for after work drinks on a on a Thursday or whatever, whatever your, your normal routines are. Maybe you have to have those conversations with those individuals, right? But I will say that often when we join the challenge, we think that you know, there's this its this big, uh, scary, complex beast of, of, of a thing. And it's like, oh my God, I, I need to know all the intricacies of my training plan and my nutrition plan because it's some secret recipe or some secret program that's gonna get me my results. And I truly believe, Nick, I truly believe that each one of us knows what we should be doing, okay? We know that we probably, don't need to be having a whole bowl of ice cream after dinner. We know that we shouldn't be drinking as much alcohol as we do. We know that we should be having more fruits and vegetables. We know that we should be maybe going for a a walk after dinner or maybe taking the stairs when we can and drinking more water. Like we know these things. The tough Mm. part is applying it. And maybe in prep week, you start engaging in some of these behaviors. Like, Hey, I'm going to try to drink more water. How am I going to do that? Okay. I need to get a, a, a water bottle and have it on on hand or have it nearby or have it on the, the kitchen table or, or I don't know, buy a little camelback, a little, um, bladder on your back so that you can drink all the time. I don't know. Like you think about ways that you can enable some of these behaviors that you want to do that you know are good for you. So that all starts in prep week. And you know, the starting point might just be thinking about it, being like, okay, I need to eat more vegetables. I don't really like eating vegetables. Okay. How am I going to do this? Maybe I need to uh, learn how to. Make vegetables appealing. Maybe I'm going to roast them. Maybe I'm going to add some more seasoning around it, so that I can actually palate these things and like, oh, actually, it's really nice now. And make it part of your behavior and your routine. So, just think about that idea where the challenge isn't a, a, a big, scary, complicated, uh, you know, secret. and Sure, okay, we 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 do implement a lot of the intricacies to get you the effective program to achieve your results. I think most of us know the big rocks. You know, most of us know the 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 big things that are gonna help us, right? You know, don't don't overeat, don't indulge in hyper palatable foods, maybe don't drink your calories, uh, you know, go to bed on time, um, look after yourself, get some steps in, all these good things that is uh, you know, the the important stuff to transform ourselves, right?
1: Yeah, I must also say the other thing is you'll be able to look at, at your training and nutrition as well. So you'll actually be able to see it all. Um, so yeah, go through the training plans, decide which one might work for you, press like on any of them that, that appeal to you. So then you create your own little library and also ask us questions about your nutrition, because you will look at it and you will go, I want to do both. I want to lose fat and I want to gain muscle. You'll come to us with that question. And then we will say, okay, which one do you want to do first? And that's yeah. where we'll start. And that's where we can help you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we've already helped uh, you know, dozens of individuals on the, the forum, answering questions, troubleshooting things like you know setting up their step count or um, talking about big picture ideas, which we we'll actually cover a few in the, the Q&A today. Um, so if you are lost, confused, unsure, you know, reach out to us on the forum. That's what we're here to do to help out, right?
1: Yep. Just ask the question, you know, ask, it doesn't hurt to ask and it might set you on the path that you didn't quite realize that you were going to go on. So don't hesitate. That's what we're here for.
0: Now talking about prep week once more, Nick, prep week as the name suggests is preparation week the challenge doesn't officially begin on prep week you know pre- prep week is just time to prepare so if you know if you're a little bit uh busy under the weather something's going on during prep week it's okay the challenge officially begins on the 13th of february okay so mm-hmm. we've still got a, a couple of weeks for there a good week to prepare practice for the challenge and the challenge officially begins on the 13th the last day to sign up is the 14th of february so that's technically day two of the challenge so if you're still sitting on the fence or maybe you're still trying to convince your your partner or your friend or your family member to come and join you, they have up until the 14th of February to, to sign up and join us for the February challenge. Mm. Perfect. Now, now, over the past couple of weeks, Nick, we've been running a really cool competition on our Facebook social hub. So if you haven't already, make sure you join us on the Facebook social hub. It's a great space for our community to support each other in a social setting. And we ran a competition called the hashtag challenge accepted competition, where we were asking previous challengers or anyone really in the group to talk about their transformation journey and post some transformative photos. We ran a competition to give out four $250 prize packs to the four individuals, the four posts that received the most likes and comments. And Nick, I have the names of the four individuals who received the most likes and comments on our competition. Are you excited, Nick?
1: Yeah. Let us know straight away. I hope that they're listening and here we go.
0: So the four individuals that have won themselves a $250 prize pack each are, we have Ian Lursa. Caroline Galt, Carmen Wundberg, and Bridie Lee. So congratulations, Ian, Caroline, Carmen, and Bridie will be in contact with you to get the best postal address for you. And we'll be sending you out a $250 prize pack each for sharing your story, sharing, sharing your transformation journey with us on our Facebook social hub.
1: Yay. Well done guys. All amazing transformations. Congratulations.
0: No. So, so good. Nick, let's move on to our next segment here. We have the community highlight where we highlight some members of our community. So Nick, take us away. Who would you like to highlight this week?
1: I have got first one, Rosalind Woods. She says, so excited. I bought this today. And um, she said, uh, it's it's a piece of equipment, by the way, because you obviously, I'm ex- explaining it to you. Um, I'm currently on holiday for another week, but I get to drool over the box until then. Preacher curls and hamstring curls better be on the program come Feb. So it's obviously <laughs> a um, a multi-use machine. So yeah, good on you, good on you, Rosalind.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Training the 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 biceps brachii in the preacher curls and the biceps femoris in the hamstring curls. So lots of biceps training by Rosalind. Yeah. How good?
1: Or guns and buns.
0: Guns and guns and buns. All right. Guns yeah.
1: and lower buns.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> For us non-technical people. <laughs> All right. Um, the next one is Jody. So Jody, just Jody. She says, "Believe in yourself. You can achieve anything that you set your mind to. There are no limits out there. The only limits are yours that you impose upon yourself. Dream, believe, and take action. Identify what you truly want and how you truly want to live your life, and take action. Yes."
0: take action nick
1: i'm gonna run now i'm gonna run away from the podcast and run
0: <laughs>
1: and just start running like, that's inspired me yeah,
0: good, isn't no, it? i love that i love that jody no thanks for sharing that and i think that, that that's right yeah if you if you want something you want something hard enough and strongly enough you just gotta take action and that action could start small and it could be like a snowball effect and next thing you know you're uh off off to the races
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah just remember that as the challenge commences everybody and then next one is karen karen via she says um australia day brisbane valley trail ride 42 k's done fantastic morning with my mate gail piper it just keeps getting easier every year so she loves a good bike ride and um 42 k's very well done karen
0: yeah that's that's awesome 42 k's just cheeky marathon on a bike uh, and of course it's getting easier because the, the quads are getting bigger. So congratulations, Karen.
1: Yep. So bike riding's all the rage, isn't it? We like yeah. bike riding. It is. Um yeah, absolutely.
0: Nick, I've got a couple I'd like to highlight mm. this week. The first one goes out to Damien Shears, and Damien writes, Four quality sessions without pain after a rotator cuff reattachment 12 months ago, and food was on point too. I like this. Mm. It's- Short, sharp, and and to the point, just like his food. But I, I really want to highlight this point here, where Damien, you know, has had you know quite major surgery, reattachment of the rotator cuff twelve months ago, and he's back in the gym. Um, and I think that for many of us who are experiencing any uh, pain, niggles, aches. Uh, on, on one side of the spectrum or, um, uh, recovering from major surgery, like rotator cuff reattachments, um, or even myself years ago, having a, um, a, an ACL reconstruction that your fitness career isn't, isn't over your movement career isn't, isn't over. You're not, you know, completely, uh, uh, disabled might be the, the correct word, um, to use where you can use, uh, take steps to build yourself back up get yourself back into fitness and and get some quality sessions in and Damien's highlighted that for us. So thank you, Damien. Mm, Very good. Uh, Next one, another short and sweet one comes from Peter Stringer and Peter writes selfless Sunday plasma donation. And then she posted a a photo of herself donating plasma. And I love this one. It's a a simple one. I think that more of us should be uh, doing things like donating blood and donating plasma. Uh, Nick, have you ever donated plasma before?
1: i have i have um it's a it's a good feeling I, I think with a paramedic father there's no way that you can get away with
0: not doing <laughs> it
1: basically as soon as you're of age that's the end for you
0: <laughs> yeah yeah mm. it's uh a, it's a cool as in not hot cool cool feeling when the the, the blood drawn out of you it's it's spun and then it's um mixed with saline and and, and put back into your body so uh if you haven't um donated before Take, take the call and uh, go donate some blood. And If you can, go, go donate some plasma um, as as Peter has shown us. So so thank you, Peter.
1: Mm, awesome. So good. So good. I love that. Anything that you can do to help anyone else ever, will come back to you tenfold.
0: That's right. Final one here I want to highlight is Kiva. And Kiva posted in our Facebook social hub and she writes, This was me around eight years ago. I've just joined the FEB challenge as a change of career has wreaked havoc on my training. Fast forward to 2023, I'm 10 kilos heavier. My 20% body fat is higher and not really moving at all. 2023 is the year to shake the excuses and find myself again. Can't wait to get started. Now, this one was to highlight Kiva saying that, hey, we, we see you and we're here to help. So if you um, need to pick me up or have any questions or queries or doubtful points, reach out to us on the forum. We're here to help and lean on our community, which will support you along the way so that you can move closer towards your goals in, in 2023. So So thanks, Kiva, for joining us in February. We're excited to see what you can do.
1: Absolutely. Well done Kiva and good luck. And we are right behind you.
0: Nick, let's move on to our final segment here. We have our question and answer segment. So the first question here comes from Casey and Casey writes, quick question. What are people's thoughts about Evolt Active? My measurements change are not reflecting. So Nick, What advice would you give to Casey around, firstly, Evolt Active and maybe give us an explanation of what that is? And then about, you know, measurements not reflecting in something like Mm. an Evolt Active. Um, Mm. What would you say to Casey?
1: Okay. So, without going into that exact brand, because um, I don't want to necessarily comment on that brand. So, I'll just talk about those types of scanners so that they rely on. bioimpedance. So you stand on them and, and a current goes through your body and it basically um detects your um fat free mass or oh, all well, the fat mass is what impedes it and um it gives you a it spits out um a calculation of how much fat free mass you've got or lean body mass versus your fat mass. And the thing with if, if you're very sneaky, the thing with lean body mass is that lean body mass can also be like uh, a bottle of water that you've just had. So um, it's going to depend on your hydration. It's going to depend on the time of day that you go on there. In fact, um, if you're a crazy nut, you can actually Google how to cheat one of those scans because there's a whole bunch of people that have to do it for different things. And it's quite interesting what people say that they're going to do. So just through that alone, the fact that people can kind of um, fudge a bit of a measurement, I don't know why you'd want to, on an instrument that sort of shows you that it's not necessarily going to be supremely accurate. It's going to depend um, who's doing the measuring, but each machine is different. Um, I've had DEXs and uh, I think it completely depends on who's doing that. I think it depends on what's going on with the, the machine, your hydration at the time. Um, yeah. The, the time of day. So as a, as I'm telling you, there's so many different variables that uh I just can't see that. That's going. That should be something that makes you upset, because I tell you what: if you'd have had one more bottle of water that day, you would have suddenly had. Oh my! My muscle mass has increased because they say just muscle mass. I think that that's you know that's what they sort of say to you if they're reading your scan, and you go, oh, "I've put on a kilo of muscle," and then it's like, "I've lost a kilo of muscle, but I've gained this much body fat." and it's only maybe because your hydration's a little bit off, or um you, you've eaten something, um you haven't eaten something, that sort of thing. And so there's that. and so therefore, my thoughts on that are, I suppose if you were doing it at the same time of day with the same person, same every single circumstance, the same as sort of cooking chicken uh, between you know, raw and cooked measuring, it has to be the exact weight the exact um cooking method that kind of thing to get the exact measurement and we know that that's not necessarily easy either then I wouldn't rely on that for for a complete indication as well as measurements believe it or not the thing with measurements is that they can fluctuate a lot too depending on who's doing the measurements so if we're talking about tape measure measurements um they can actually be off as well Um, it depends also whether with those whether you've eaten or not uh, what time of day you do it i don't necessarily think that that's supremely accurate either the one thing that they say is super the best accuracy for measuring your fat mass i think is the underwater test i don't know what that's exactly called you'll know but what's that one called?
0: Uh, it's uh jeez, the name's cross me. But it's like the, it's how much water is dispersed. So I think it's like a hydro yeah. dispersion yeah. test. Uh, I, like personally,
1: that. I wouldn't even want to do it because it would be scary. But um, <laughs> they say that that might be the actual accurate one. But look, it's if you're trying to lose fat, weight, anything, you want to over time see the scale go down, no matter what whether it's fat or muscle or anything, when you're in that fat loss phase, that's what you want to see over time by taking your daily average. It doesn't mean that you won't fluctuate, but that is something reliable. It's basically free as soon as you buy the scale. And um, it's going to give you that sort of accurate data after a while that you can manage. I think, um, obviously we like pictures. I like pictures. We like them, but it also depends on what light you're using for those, but I'm going a little bit crazy here. If we're just basically trying to lose fat, I'd, I'd go a photo. That's free. I'd go a scale and I'd go by the way your clothing fits. I wouldn't worry about that scan. I don't want to talk about the brand. I wouldn't worry about it. I just would keep your head down, look at what you're doing, make sure that your movement's good, And yeah, we can give you all the tools for fat loss. We've spoken about them before, but not the hugest fan of those scans because I see so many people getting so disheartened by the results. And I also know without being super, I don't want to be controversial, but I know that they're used in a lot of places to ensure that people stay on a program. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Interesting. Uh, the only comment I want to make for Casey is the the last section, where she's saying my measurement changes are not reflecting. Um, and I think this is an interesting concept going, you know, a bit beyond the idea of maybe a measurement uh, where you're taking two data points and then you are making the observation that those two data points are not pointing in the right direction. And instead of responding with maybe a more um, uh, a rational response, being like, hey, uh, I have these two data points, these two bits of information, and they're maybe pointing in the complete opposite direction. One saying yes, one saying no. Maybe it's suggesting that there might be an error in the measuring process. Maybe there's an error in the what we call like the hypothesis of like what, what idea we're trying to follow. Where if we respond with like an emotion being like oh i'm upset that these two data points are not pointing in the right direction, we may need to take a step back and go well. Like maybe there's something that's incorrect there, and let me give you another example, besides measurements. so let's say you want to answer the question of is it cold outside. Okay, that's what you want to ask you. Maybe you ask your partner, hey, is it cold outside or you're trying to figure out is it cold outside to determine you know, how comfortable you're going to be outside and maybe the clothes you're wearing or if you're going to take the dog for a walk or whatever reason why. You just want to answer that question. What can you do? You could maybe watch the weather channel and be like, okay, the, the weather man or person says that it's going to be 20 degrees outside. Or maybe you look up on the internet, Oh, it's, it's 20 degrees outside. You might ask somebody that, like, saying, "Hey, is, is it cold outside?" And then you know, some person might be like, "Yes." Someone, someone might say, "No." Okay, so you're gathering bits of information. Um, you might determine, "Hey, it's twenty degrees outside. I can go outside and maybe, uh, you know, shorts and a, and a and a jumper, and I'll be comfortable." And you go outside, and it's really windy. It's raining. It's twenty degrees, and it feels cold. So you know, we've we've determined lots of different data points to try to answer our question, but then some of those uh, data points were conflicting. You know, the internet says this, the weatherman says this, you know, your friend says this, your partner says that. Okay, you go outside and experience it yourself. All right, it's a completely different thing. And sometimes lots of data points can be helpful because it helps point us in the right direction saying, hey, yeah, it is kind of cold outside. Or yeah, it is kind of hot outside. Sometimes it's misleading and we shouldn't turn around and be upset at our partner for saying that it was warm outside because it might've been warm for them but it's cold for you. Okay, now, what does this have to do with measurements? What I'm getting at is if you are noticing a change in your body in one data point, the next data point says no, then the third data point says yes, all right, no. we're just collecting information. We're starting to see a trend. Maybe it's trending in the right direction. We say, yeah, my, my clothes are fitting looser. I, my measurements that I'm doing is, is feeling looser. My body weight's going down. Um, you know, People are starting to, I don't know, compliment me. Some of these photos look like I'm losing weight but I did this body scanner says no. Ooh. Okay. How are you going to respond to that? Are you going to say, yes, I'm confident I'm losing weight, or are you going to say no, throw your arms up in the air and, you know, go have a, a quiet moment to yourself. Um, or you're going to apply a little bit of logic and go, all right, well, you know, this, these are the changes I might need to make. So, um, remember that it's simply just data points in this, this whole thing. And we're trying to use that data point as information to help us with the decision-making process. That's ultimately what we're trying to do. And if we're attaching a lot of emotion to it, we might face some problems.
1: That's so true. I'll just say one more thing. If you correlate that to something that you're familiar with at the moment, say birth and scans that happen for that, it's like sometimes you might get a bit scared because it's like the baby's measuring large. It's measuring smaller. It's only a data point until that baby comes out. There's only so much people can kind of read about what's going on, um, sometimes, you know, it, it, can, it can vary a lot as well. So um, without being a medical person, but there are just so many different um, areas where a lot of different opinions can sometimes freak you out.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. Mm. Uh, Nick, move to the next section question here. We have a question from Amy and Amy writes, looking for advice, what supplements does everybody recommend for women? Okay, so we speak a lot about sports supplements on the podcast and we primarily recommend a, a, a protein source to help to increase our total daily protein intake. We recommend a creatine source to help with uh, energy production and power for, for training and we also recommend a pre-workout of some sort primarily as a stimulant so that we are adequately stimulated in the gym so that we can train at a serious potential right at a high intensity okay maybe amy's asking a question of like what supplements in in general does everyone take um or recommend for women okay um so we might be branching off a little bit into uh just the broader supplement industry vitamins and minerals industry which first thing i would say is a little bit outside of our our scope and a little bit outside of what we talk about in the challenge primarily in the challenge we're talking about um body transformation building muscle losing body fat when we dabble into the world of vitamins and minerals we're kind of stepping out and going to maybe the health space and some conversations around, uh, you know, decisions for health versus decisions for body transformation might have different answers. That's the first thing I want to acknowledge. Next thing I want to say is that if you are thinking of um, adding a supplement to your stack, uh, let that be any supplement you buy from you know, a supermarket or a a chemist versus, you know, some weird and wacky tobacco that you might find on the internet, Um, you know, you may want to first ask yourself, you know, do I need to have this supplement? And the first um, rationale is, you know, we can say that, hey, we could get a lot of our required vitamins and minerals from having a well-balanced diet and a well-balanced diet probably means um, lots of whole fruits and vegetables with lots of different colors um, and lots of different types in season out season right so we are having a broad range of primarily fruits and vegetables in our diet so that we get adequate um, you know vitamins and minerals for daily function okay now you could make the rationale that okay we live in a world where everything's highly industrialized and farmed where maybe some of these products might not have the same vitamins and minerals as they used to and in some cases i would say some of them have even more vitamins and minerals because of the power of technology and the power of selective um breeding when we're making um certain um plants and vegetables and and, and fruits and vegetables making them, them bigger and more nourishing because we're you know smart creatures right anyway that's a different conversation that's one rationale you could say of hey like some of these fruits and vegetables is not as good as they were, the soil's not as good as they we were. We live in this environment where we're surrounded by concrete and stress and you know pollution and blah, blah, blah. blah. So we might need more vitamins and minerals, okay? So that's a, a fair rationalization. Not sure if it's super supported by, by evidence, but if you're down that path and you're looking for additional vitamins and, and minerals, I think the best place to start is taking a bit of what I call like a, a shotgun approach and taking like a multivitamin. And that can cover our bases. You may then rebut and say, hey, Steve, a vitamin, a multivitamin only has small amounts of vitamins and minerals that might not reach effective doses for um, you know, effective needs in the body. I would say with the power of capitalism, these vitamin and mineral companies will be making um, products as, as dense as they can so that they can reach a tipping point of effectiveness, right? So that could be a great place to start. Next, if you were looking to dabble in specific products, you would need to ask yourself, first, am I part of a special population group? You know, do I have a a chronic disease? I'm talking, you know, diabetes, heart conditions, those types of things where I may need to supplement with specific, um, supplements, right. Um, or am I in like an acute population, someone who may be pregnant, right. Who may need to supplement with additional vitamins and minerals to help, you know, build life, right. You're creating a, a little human. I think for women, um, the supplement recommendation there's mainly like one group of supplements which we mainly want to be talking about but in the broader scheme you know the conversation of male and female um men and women supplementation shouldn't be too different right we're, we're all humans here i think the biggest difference um between male and female is the female reproductive system and the uh the, the process of menstruation, which is releasing blood. And when we lose blood, we're losing, um, you know, uh, red blood cells, oxygen flow around the body. And we need to replenish that with iron. So I think that many women um, are low in iron and we don't see lots of um, iron deficiencies in men and things like, you know, IDA, iron deficiency anemias, they don't really produce themselves in, in men, really prominent in, in females. So, um, in terms of female health, if you are feeling really lethargic and, you know, you may have um, some female reproductive challenges, you know, dysmenorrhea, amenorrhea, Endometriosis, Picos, uh, something funky going on. You may benefit from an iron supplementation. You probably know this already, and you're probably speaking to your doctor about this. So that's probably a good place to start. Um, maybe there are some uh, other nuances around, you know, training and nutrition for uh, the female athlete. But I'd say that would be the primarily primary difference um, for. For women um the other category is we do see a trend in females and plant-based diets and if you are following a plant-based diet again you may benefit from an iron supplementation vitamin b12 and calcium or, or k2 so those supplements supplementations can help with energy levels so if you are feeling re- really lethargic that might be a great place to start amy
1: mm, for sure and um also a blood test is a good one as well if you if you need Um, more clarification about that sometimes I'll go and get one and Mm -hmm. that's helpful
0: yep yep Mm.
1: Mm.
0: Nick next question here comes from Dan Dan the man Dan writes good morning team just wondering if there are any shift workers out there that have done the challenge in the past and had successful results Nick
1: Mm. talking about
0: shift workers and I don't think you're a shift worker or I'm a shift worker. No, <laughs> um,
1: so let us rave on about it like, like we us, know everything.
0: Let us talk about it like we were in the trenches of it. Ah, uh, you know, someone came to us like Danny's, maybe, and wanting some some tips about being a shift worker. um, what advice would you give to Dan?
1: Okay, so let me just say, so don't come at me, everyone. I am not a shift worker. I've got many of them in my family, and I know I know firsthand that that sleep is the number one priority when they hop off their shift and who can argue with that. So let me just say, and hats off to everybody that does it. I also know a couple of my friends that compete that are um, shift workers, police, police officers, that kind of thing. And I also know that they're the most organized people that you'll ever see. So, um, one person in particular that I'm thinking about who's immaculate with her preparation is always prepared. And I'm pretty sure that that might stem back from needing to constantly be prepared um, because she does do the shift work. So, without um, knowing the intricacies of how it feels to be in the middle of the night with no sleep at work, um, I would just equate it to being prepared in general. So, um, doing time at a job, no matter what the time is, you do have to figure out when you're going to sleep in your 24 hours a day, when you are going to train, uh, when you are going to have family time, downtime, and when you are going to work. So let's just flip the clock and think about it as um, it's going to all be in reverse. So uh, one person advised that it's um, easier to do your training before you um, do you start your work but that might not be possible and i've also heard podcasts for shift workers that talked about going to the gym straight after but also those people said that possibly sometimes it didn't give them the best training um but i would definitely advise in terms of the food side of it to be prepared just as you would if you were going to work at, for a normal day so prepare the day before or the night before and um prepare how many meals you're going to eat. Does it vary? Is it different because it's nighttime? Um, Does that feel different for you? Do you still then eat like one main meal during the day? How does that work? So you need to go with what works for you in terms of that. But I would say absolutely plan and prepare and stick to your routine. So I would say don't deviate from the routine. That would probably be the best way to deal with being a shift worker. Uh, I would also say that there are, from what I've heard in the group, there are variations on being a shift worker. And I know my dad should come on and talk about this because he's done the emergency ambulance service, but he's also worked on an oil rig. So that's even more different because that's the fly in, fly out that then leaves you at the mercy of um, their food as well so that's a whole other issue but um, this one here we're assuming that you can prepare your own food so I'd have that on hand Um, I know definitely that say if you work in a hospital it's very tempting to even though in a hospital technically there should be just healthy food but I know that there's grab and go stuff that would be probably less um, helpful at 2 a.m than say your prepared meal Um, I'd say, take it with you. I would say also hydration is quite important and set your schedule for sleeping. Make sure that your room is nice and dark and that you put away your devices. That's the best advice that I can offer. And I'm sure a million people will comment on this podcast. And I'm hoping that they will saying coach Nick, you forgot about this and you forgot about that. And that will be great to start a discussion about what works best for people who are really out there doing
0: it. Yeah, no, I'd say the same. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a, I'm a shift worker. I have a lot of respect for those who do, you know, maybe like four days on, four days off and like mm-hmm. night shift, day shift. I I, I, I would struggle. Um, so yeah, I, I, I my, my advice would be to, like you said, Nick, just sk- stick to your, your schedule you probably know better about your own individual circumstances, what logistics and resources you have available to you. Like do you have a fridge? Are you on the road? Um, you know, is it physical work for eight hours? Is it, you know, like at a desk or whatever it is, like that all plays a part in in any advice that we can give.
1: Yeah. And also the other thing is um, perhaps analyze and go, what hasn't worked for me before? Why am I in a situation where I need to overhaul everything? what hasn't been working, and maybe work backwards from there. So if you go, oh, that pie that I have with my friend at 2 a.m. together on our break, that's something that I need to kind of rethink or the way that I'm sleeping or I'm stuck on this series and I want to watch it instead of going to sleep, you know, or I'm driving past the gym instead of going in. Those And they're they're very normal concerns for all of us. It's just that I imagine in the dead of night, it's got a whole different feel to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nick, final question here comes from Lisa. And Lisa asks, I'm wondering if it's best to complete all sets of an exercise before moving on to the next exercise, or can we do it in a a circuit style, one set of each exercise, then move on to the second set of each exercise? Okay, fair question, Lisa. Um, Now the answer for the challenge. So the challenge primarily, we are focusing on body transformation. We're focusing on building muscle in our training. That's that's primarily what we're using training for is to stimulate muscle growth. And the fancy word for that is hypertrophy. We're trying to make muscles grow. The best way to complete that, to achieve that goal is to complete straight sets where we're doing all the sets of a specific exercise before we move on to the next exercise. And the reason why is that as we apply more sets of exercise compounding on each other, we begin to accumulate fatigue in the muscle and as the muscle gets more stimulated, more fatigued, it needs to start recruiting more muscle fibers and the muscle fibers that are recruited often the bigger muscle fibers. So, uh, the primary goal of training is that we're trying to train to a point where we're reaching what's called overload or a, a stimulus that's going to elicit a response or adaptation uh, and we know we could do that really nicely with straight sets where we're taking them really close to failure. Okay. Now, circuit style training can have its place. Firstly, it can feel really nice. You know, we get really like hot and bothered, really sweaty, out of breath. Hey, I've done the exercise thing. When we do sweat, when we are out of breath, you know, that's often associated with an idea of fitness and an idea of, um, you know, burning energy and, you know, burning fat. And uh, maybe that has a some connection with that but in most cases circuit style training would be better for maybe that athletic population maybe those who have cardio based goals or metabolic condition goals meaning um you know sports that require uh like the glycogen system to be working such as maybe maybe crossfit or like team-based sports and such right talking about simple anecdotes if you took two people, you had a, a bodybuilder bro, and that is maybe not, you know, Mr. Olympia, maybe you're looking at someone who is a competitive bodybuilder, someone like coach Nick, maybe your favorite, uh, Instagram athlete, or, or maybe even favorite competing athlete yourself. How would they train? You know, would you look at Chris Bumstead and you think he's doing circuits, running around or, you know, doing one exercise or, or back to back to each other, or is he doing, you know, one exercise doing straight sets? he's probably doing one exercise, straight sets, and then moving on to the next exercise. And then if you flip that, if you were to look at, let's say a CrossFit athlete who trains in a certain way to achieve the goals of CrossFit, okay they may look like they're in really good shape sure but they specialize in their sport which is to do um glycolytic style training you know a couple minutes of of training at a time maybe a range of different exercises moved in together challenging the body in different ways they're likely to be doing maybe more of a circuit style ish squint your eyes turn your head type of training and you could do that by looking at any sort of crossfit wad um so that's not the greatest of scientific approaches when we're taking an anecdote anecdote of like what would this person do? But we see trends where we see, Hey, you know, these bodybuilders who have great muscle, um, who look like Greek gods um, train a certain way. And then we have athletes that perform this certain way and train this way. So to answer your question, Lisa, for most of us, it's better just to simply do straight sets. That's primarily what we prescribe in the challenge. If your goals were were more, cardio-based metabolic conditioning based then you might benefit in circuit style training maybe less dogma than what we're talking about here where you know you could do a blend of both however for most of us to progress in strength training straight sets is where it's at
1: well that's good news for people that go to a commercial gym at 5 p.m because it's hard to do any type of circuit style training if you're using machines or anything like that um at busy times, I know of other programs that that do sort of that superset stuff, and people go, "Oh my gosh, how?" Yeah. So just yeah, let's yeah. think of it from a, a like that kind of a perspective as well. At least you don't have to worry about that. Just That's right. Time.
0: And look, Nick, we we had programs in the past that had circuits built in. You know, look at previous Maxine's um, Tone and Shape and Max's uh, Lean and Ripped. We had a metabolic conditioning portion of the program. However, there was one part of the program which was um you know straight sets where we're doing big bang for your buck exercises and then there was like a metabolic conditioning section and part of that was to stimulate some cardio aspect to stimulate a metabolic conditioning aspect to stimulate maybe that athletic response and another part was to uh stimulate that that experience of hey i'm getting hot and sweaty and out of breath this feels really nice um and there's nothing wrong with going and training and doing things that feel really nice um it's about, okay, how specific can we get about this? What is going to give me my best bang for buck? What are the big rocks here in what we're trying to achieve? Um, what if we focus on that first and then sprinkle in all the fun stuff over the top? Perfect. But Nick, let's wrap it up there for this episode of the Challenge Weekly Show. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know and we'll catch you next week for episode number 99. 99. Yeah.
1: How exciting.
0: It's so good. See you then, guys. See ya. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend.
1: Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.